Welcome to the VVV Podcast. Today we're bringing VVV, uh, which JX is a nugget, an OG of that. It's an OG nugget that's part of the team. He's advocated for them. We've also researched they were really big and upcoming project that we're excited to bring to the table. Uh, and yeah, we'll be talking with Exorit. Exorogzit. I've already butchered your name. I'm sorry. <laughs> and hopefully learn everything that we should be know about that hopefully I know people don't research, but we want to learn every single deed now. Have yeah, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the uh long and, and short story as well. No, give so us everyone. the long one. <laughs> we have time. Yeah, I mean, you know, we are we have many different pillars to what we're building. And I think the most attractive one and the most obvious one is the access to seed and private round investments. And these are investments where we invest alongside FTX, Sam Beckman Freed, Elemental Research, Animoca Brands, all those big VC brand names. And what differentiates ourselves from other companies who do similar things? So. In, in the realm on in the space in which we are in, there's a variety of different competitors which do similar things, but which are technically um, doing it in a different way. So one very popular example, which probably all of the audience knows, is CDFi. And CDFi is a launchpad similar to Engine Starter and similar to a couple of other competitors. And the way they work is that you have to buy a bunch of their tokens, you have to hold them, sometimes you have to stake them. And then you get access to their IDOs, which they arrange. Now, those launch bits are super attractive in the bull market because then all those IDOs and quick explanation what an IDO is. Uh, an IDO or ICO is the initial DEX offering or initial coin offering, meaning uh, the point in time at which uh, cryptocurrency goes public and becomes tradable. And on those launchpads, you can buy those cryptocurrencies before they go public, meaning you can buy them usually at a, at a discount than what the price is going to be for them to be publicly listed. And then you get um, you know, a part of what you bought, you get them right on the unlock when they get became publicly traded. And then you usually can sell a bunch of those uh, tokens. Sorry to receive. interrupt you. Um, yeah. And normally these allocations are also cheaper than the public price on release, right? <clears throat> yeah, correct, correct. So usually um, it depends obviously on the terms, but usually they are like 20 to 30% cheaper than what you would normally pay on the public market. So you immediately have that um, delta, which you can profit from. And then of course, if it's a, a popular project, it's probably going to 10x right away when once it gets listed and then you can sell the piece of your allocation, which gets initially unlocked, and then you're, you're going to, um, in a bull market at least, you can usually take out your initial investment, maybe some profits as well, and then the rest of what you bought that gets distributed to you, to you over a few months. And every time the allocation gets unlocked throughout those few months, you can sell or you can decide to hold. And usually in a bull market, these investments have been a pretty good deal for anyone participating in, in CD5, for example. Now, the big, big issue with those launch pits is that in a bull market, when the IDOs pretty much become, become no-brainers, that's when also the token to participate in those launch pits becomes super, super expensive. So 
unless you're willing to spend tens of thousands of dollars, you're probably not going to get access to those launch pits, or you're going to have to spend $5,000, for example, and then all you get is like a $20 allocation in an IDO. And then, you know, even if the $20 do a 10X, then, you know, now you made 200 bucks, right? Which is, you know, maybe not even worth the effort, or which maybe isn't even worth the value which you're going to lose once the bear market starts and once you lose all the value, which, you know, before has been accrued in the token of the launchpad itself. So the, the launchpads themselves, they are um, you know, difficult to get into when the timing is right. And when the timing is wrong, like in a bear market, now you look at all the IDOs which CD5 has arranged and almost all of them either do nothing or they lose uh, the investor's money. And, you know, launching this market is, um, you know, rather difficult. Now, the other competitors which you have in comparison to the launch pads are the community VCs. And these are pretty much um, communities which do the same thing like a regular VC. So they approach projects in their seed round and their private rounds before the IDO and before an investment in an IDO, for example, before the public race. They approach them even before that, which means they get the tokens at an even cheaper valuation. Now, the problem here is that if you want to participate in those community VCs, they are usually also gated by either an NFT or by tokens. And they are also super expensive to buy into. And um, there's a couple of uh, famous examples, which I, I don't want to name, but a few of them cost, you know, they had their mint price at $10,000 or $5,000 to even get access. And then there's one big group, which is doing a good job. But if you want to get access to their group, you have to pay one ETH. And that's a, a fee, which then is just gone. So you have to usually pay a, a couple of thousand dollars to even get access. Now, the I'm issue which I think... Um, you were referencing like the, the how much it costs to upfront to join an uh, like an IDO platform. I remember at the beginning of my time, like when Nifty was created, CD5 was starting, and it was highly recommended by Becker. So Neo Tokyo was basically side to side with CD5. I think it was CD5 the name, and like the entry cost to be able to even be part of the minimum allocation of IDOs was something like eight thousand dollars. And I think the first IDO that dropped didn't even make a 3x. So like what you were saying is completely correlated with all I've seen all the time. Like people that put, like even if they put a big amount for them, if it's the minimum the platform requires, it's not going to make enough where it's worth it. Yeah, thank you. And now usually you also have to, if you're in the lower tiers of uh, token holders, you usually also have to deal with uh, raffles and you are, you're not even guaranteed to get the allocation. So you, you spend all the money on the token and then you're still up to, to chance whether or not you even get into a project. So it's not like you see a super good investment and then you can pick the launch pad and then you're sure that you get a piece of that allocation. Like all of it is super difficult to access, it's super expensive and then there's a, the huge volatility of buying into whatever you need to get access where that can also lose value quickly um, in a bear market. Now, um, coming back to the community VCs, there you don't just have to pay to get access, but after you pay, the, the paying doesn't stop, so to speak. So after you got access to a community VC, you're going to continuously have to accept that there's going to be a fee on all the investments which you're going to make. 
And usually the fee varies between five to 20%. So if you invest a thousand dollars, you're going to pay between 50 and $200 in fees. And obviously if you continuously invest, that's going to uh, accrue a, a good amount of money. So the way which you approached uh, this space and the way in which we did it differently is that we operate without any fees. So once you become a holder of one of our NFTs, you can invest without any fees and you're not subject to raffles as long as you can KYC. So as long as you complete the KYC process, you can just buy one of our NFTs, you can stake it, and then you have access to all of the investments which you arrange, you have access to them 100% for free. And the upside which you have today as an attendee and which all of the minters have, and which JX, for example, had, who I believe minted uh, in our very first phase, is the mint price initially was only 315 US, US dollar, which means if you invest in two or three projects through our community, and in, if you invest, for example, $3,000, and now you don't have to deal with the fee, which you normally pay uh, on the investments, now you already saved 300 bucks, and you're almost at break even, but you also hold the NFT, right? And the big upside here is that the NFT was launched in a bear market and you're still in a bear market and you're not afraid of the dynamics there. We're still going ahead and, and we're going to launch because we know for sure that anyone who mints in a bear market for one has a better mindset because they don't just leave when the space becomes less exciting, but the likelihood of them minting at a price which in a few months or in a few years is less than what it's going to be in the, in the future is rather unlikely. So we see, a, the bear, we see the bear market as a means to protect our minters because they can mint. Uh, so in the next, and maybe I can go back to the initial phases um, in a bit, but you can currently qualify to mint our NFT and then you're going to mint the NFT at an 80% to 65% discount of the floor price. Which then means if you get a hold of our NFT at such a big discount, even if the bear market gets worse, you know, it's very unlikely that the NFT is going to drop below what you have paid in mint price. And then the beauty is that you have access to all the investments and all the investments uh, without any fees. So there's really no money which you lose throughout participating in any of the investments. And if you want to exit our community or our group after some time, you obviously have the NFT and you can sell it. Currently, it's trading for one ETH. And um, we have a, a few other um, special NFTs in batches of 200 and 100, and these have sold recently for five to seven ETH each. So the value which has accrued to the NFTs, comparing it to the initial mint price, has been quite high. So the, the holders, by definition, are already in profit by being minters, and the people who bought in, they most of them also made a good deal because we haven't seen any dips or you know, any loss in value and they can participate in everything for free. Now, the biggest differentiator, which might not be obvious from just stating it, is to operate with those 0% fees because that changes, that, that changes the entire spectrum and dynamic under which you operate as a brand and as a, as a business. If your business meaning the community VC, if that's your business and you're, you're running that uh, initiative, if that's based on you generating fees from your community, that means you don't really have a community, but you have customers. And in order for you to generate cash flow, and in order for you to stay motivated, 
you're going to need to sell those people deal after deal after deal in order for you to keep generating revenue and in order for you to, to keep being excited. And even if you have the best intentions, if you know for sure that you're going to make, for example, uh, you know, on a $500,000 ticket, which is rather easy to fill, if you know for sure you make $50,000 in profit from, from doing so, you will always be inclined to do the deal much rather than turning down the deal if you see any potential concerns with the project itself, if you maybe see the project being a liability for the investors, if you see the tokenomics not being right, if you see any risks for anyone getting involved uh, in that investment. And it's also going to skew, so it's going to skew the, the quality of investments which you pursue because you're going to be less patient. You're not going to be willing to wait and do diligence and look through all of those different projects in order for you to find the best one. You're just going to find the one which you can close the most easiest and the ones which you can sell the easiest to the community. Mm -hmm. So you're already getting skewed very strongly in terms of the quality you arrange for the community. And now when it comes to deciding which ticket size is correct for the community, you will also see an interesting dynamic in most of the other community VCs. Usually you have relatively high minimum investment amounts. And these minimum investment amounts range from $500 to $1,000. So if someone in the community likes a project, but doesn't want to overextend themselves and only wants to invest a smaller amount, they're going to be in a, in a tough, uh, tough position because they usually cannot just put in $10 or $100. They cannot really diversify in a conservative manner. They get forced to put in $500 or $1,000 because the community VC closing bigger tickets obviously also means them getting larger fees, right? So you, you have that incentive, which is working against the community's best interest. And I wanted to set ourselves up in a way where we can avoid that totally, where we can take all of our time to really look and only close the very best investments and where we can then also freely decide which ticket size you want to close for the community without being incentivized, you know, even in the slightest degree to go for larger tickets. So and you guys are you... basically taking the research off the plate of our, your users and making sure that you only bring quality projects because you guys actually have the time to check through all of them thoroughly and not well, just not... rush a deal. That, that's true, but not just that. So what you will also see in other community VCs is that if someone finds something bad with a project, mm -hmm. they usually get censored or they get silenced. It's very rare that they actually get you know, um, put in a position where they're getting hurt. Usually if someone raises critique, they get shut down immediately because imagine you, imagine you know for sure you're going to make 50K from arranging the deal, right? And then you see someone saying something bad about what you want to arrange. You know, obviously you're going to have a, a certain feeling towards the person, right? You don't want them to speak their mind because it, it actively means that you might not get your money. So that, that's also a super harmful dynamic where you're not just incentivized to do lower quality deals, to do bigger tickets, but now you're also incentivized to keep people silent and not to give them all the tools they need to do their, to do their own due diligence. And that's really the, the, the biggest strength which we have. It's not just that we do the research, it's that we can do the research objectively because we do it in a way where we do the research and then we invite the project for an AMA and then the community can listen and they can listen with, without any prejudices or without us, you know, already 
priming them for this being the best opportunity in their life or whatever. They can, just can listen, and they can digest the information, and they can also, and they're actually incentivized to do so, they can also be super, super critical and really ask the hardest questions possible and really go out of their way to find something wrong with the project. Because, you know, we make no money from it anyways. So we can make it super, super difficult for those uh, investments in order for us to be sure that it's actually a good project. And this has led to a dynamic where the, the guests come to our server or they come into our Twitter spaces. And if they know what they are talking about, you know, they're getting asked so difficult questions and like really in-depth technical questions, which they normally never hear, hear uh, here in an AMA. Okay. And they always come to us afterwards and say, this was the best interaction I had ever in any community. That's kind of, um, I see, I relate a lot to what, with what you're saying. Like people only think after they're like plastered with information that they weren't expecting. I don't know if I phrased that right, but no, it kind of feels yeah. like the, it's kind of feels like that's what happens a lot. Some people are not even sure they want to invest until like they hear some big bomb that made no sense in their head. They have to question about it. And as soon as they understand it, then it clicks. So I like that you really go through the information and then find a way to like deliver it to your holders in a way that's not, also, not only digestible, but that they can question about it after. And it's not just something that they would maybe have problems trying to find answers for it. I don't know if I'm explaining myself right. No, you do. You know, and and that's, that's, an, a different, that's an interesting dynamic to this as well. Because if you do not need that investment, you know, if you can freely tell them, okay, we are not interested or we don't like the investment or the community had concerns, we are not going to pursue the relationship. If you are free to make the decision and you're not incentivized to not do that because you're going to lose money, then you're not going to invite your guest and ask them, hey, what's the best thing about your project? And please tell us everything positive. You know, you're going to ask them much more difficult questions. And then the the, the uh, information the community receives is also going to be very different because now they actually hear a very objective conversation about what they do and they can value for themselves whether or not that's going to be something which potentially can yield a return in the future. You know, where if you only promise the best and, you know, if you, only, if you, if you play softball with your guests and they can like only talk about the strengths and none of the potential regulatory issues, for example, or other issues uh, with the specific project, then, you know, you might be sold on the project, but it's not going to be something which is going to make you a better investor long-term. And if you do not become a better investor long-term, you're also not going to become more valuable to the community as a whole. If you operate a community VC, which is only based on generating fees or, you know, generating cash flow from, from your fees and from your community, then you're pretty much breeding an audience of idiots because you don't want them <laughs> to speak up. And you just want them to, yeah. buy, to buy everything which you present them, right? Yeah, that's and, kind of what you were saying in the beginning. If pe people are not there, <clears throat> I don't, I actually don't know anyone, so I, I won't name any gladly. But people that get silenced for quote unquote fudding when they maybe so just have some doubts if that investment is actually worth it, uh, and actually embracing those doubts, I think will create a very strong community itself. And people will actually learn through it instead of getting afraid to ask which is a big thing. A thousand percent. And turning a project down is also super, super satisfying for the team and for the community. You know, we had, for example, we had Angelic, which got uh, presented to us and we did our due diligence. The community looked into it as well. 
and eventually we decided to not sign for that investment. And it was a very important learning experience. And it's also a testament where you also need to show that you can actually do it, right? You need to show that you can actually say no and that you're not going to get pushed either by, you know, overexcitement by the community or by the team members or by anyone to actually do the wrong thing. And we've, we've shown many, many times in the past and in, in recent history that no matter what happens, no matter what gets presented to us, we are always going to do the right thing. And we know for sure that in the way we are set up, where we are not, we don't make any money from, you know, bringing any deal to the community. We are now in a, in a place where we are incorruptible and that has become very obvious uh, in the, in the past few weeks. And that has attracted a, a certain, a certain type of investor who is either very professional and who only wants to be presented with the best projects out there, or it attracts those people who do, who know, who know very little, but who have seen that being in other communities and in other uh, launch pads or community VCs, that the truth and the actual data isn't really presented to you in an objective manner. You know, many times in those other community VCs where you get a research report, that's really just a sales document in disguise and you're getting sold on something much rather than getting educated about something. And in our case, you can listen to all those AMAs and even if you decide not to invest in those projects, you're still going to be a better investor going forward and you're going to make better decisions in the blockchain space as a whole because now you understand all the different projects working on infrastructure of the blockchain. You know, we had a, an AMA with Cardinal, for example, who was providing different NFT solutions for Solana. We had uh, an AMA and actually on, also an investment with Snickerdoodle, which is providing a, a data wallet for Web3 companies, which is going to be pretty much the replacement for Web2 cookies, which you see on all websites, it's going to be the Web3 counterpart to that. And it's going to be the very first company, which is going to provide a, an audience and consumer data dashboard on, on everyone's backend to actually know, okay, which cryptocurrencies, which NFTs do my customers actually hold? And it's going to provide a, a, a new data pool, which so far hasn't been accessible to anyone. And they're also working on a digital ID. They're working together, or they're actually backed by uh, one of the uh, leads of innovation from PayPal. They are founded by the guy who worked on the PayPal stablecoin, and they have a huge, huge backing. Uh, they, they have soft commitments by Visa and MasterCard. These are like really uh, top tier people and, and pretty much one of our investments, which I'm most proud of. And, you know, you own, so, the, you know, after everything I explained, right, with the dynamics, with the uh, fees and so on, now you, on top of that, you have even even more. And you have one thing which you haven't covered yet, which is the dynamics with your investments, meaning if I talk to a project and I want to convince them that we are a good investor, I have to make a, a value proposition, right? And at this point in time, money really is a commodity. There's less active VCs in the space, yes, but if you look at the top 10% or, or at the top 1% of available investments at this moment, then you will notice that all of the good VCs, all of the super um, sophisticated and well-established ones, they all want to get into those top 1% or top 10%. They are literally not interested anymore in all those low-quality DGEN plays. Uh, you know, during the bull market, any project could get funding, right? But now it's only the top 1%, top 10%. 
and they have access to infinite money. So if you approach them and tell them, hey, I can invest a million dollars, they are not going to be interested because they can get a hundred million without betting an eye. So now you have to go to them and you have to make a value proposition to them. And we have a, a variety of different ways to do so. We have one our Twitter Spaces event, which, which become more and more popular. The last one now had over 7,000 attendees. And we also have the community, which is super, super professional and, and super passionate. And we also have over 600 active beta and alpha testers. So at some point in time, any of our investments, they need to have uh, a community or they need to have users which can actually test the software, which can go and test the technology which, which they are developing. And finding people who can actually do so in an organized manner and then can provide um, sophisticated feedback, that, that's very difficult to do, especially if you have no means to incentivize them. Yeah, uh, we, we tried something similar. This Friday testers has, it really turns out to be more difficult than it seems. Yeah, and you know, of course it is because if you look at the, if you look at subspace, for example, which is a, another project in the, in the blockchain space, um, whenever they do any of those test runs, they incentivize people to do so, right? So it, it's common practice that everyone gets incentives to do something. And we have the advantage that our community is passionate by default, so they don't need any incentive to actually become active. And if they have invested in that project in the past, then of course they're going to be interested to test the project or to test the product in order to improve it, because that's going to increase the likelihood of success for that project and for the investment. So now if you let those people participate, you're, have, you're having the perfect incentive in place to actually make them care, right? And now the, the thing with the community VCs is that because of those dynamics where everyone knows they bring deals to generate fees, and that doesn't mean that all the deals they do are bad, but it means some of the, some of, at least some of the deals have to be bad, right? And How they have to be... has to be vetted by you guys. Oh, yeah, vetted, yes. I, I mean, you know, they, just because someone charges fees doesn't make all the deals bad you know they, mm -hmm. they probably still have a couple of good ones but you know for sure that you're going to get a mixed bag if you buy all of those single investments and that has led to a certain behavior of the members of community vcs and that in turn has led to a super bad stigma around those community vcs which means if you're going to invest into a project and you're going to sit at the set at the same cap table, like Animoca, KuCoin, Alameda, Alameda Research, or FTX, if they hear that a community VC gets involved, there's a high likelihood that they don't want you there because the community VCs have a propensity to dump all of their tokens once the TGE, once the token generation event happens, and once the token becomes tradable on the public market because they know those community VCs they do not educate the, the people about what they invest in. So whenever something is up, they're going to try to sell it right away because they don't know what it is and they just want to take the profits. And that makes them very you know, dislikable investors because if you are one of the big VCs and you have one big bag which you, con which you control and you have five other people who have also big bags, you don't want the sixth guy to just dump the entire thing on, on the TGE. You know, there, there are certain... Um, etiquette 
on how you actually behave as an investor. And it's not just up to the investing schedule. That there's a lot more of those dynamics, um, which make this an, uh, uh, an interesting topic as well. Because you, can, you shouldn't just like, go into something just purely based by taking profits as soon as possible. That's going to be super, super harmful for your brand. It's going to be harmful for your partner. And it's simply not going to be a, a good dynamic for anyone. So the, the community VCs have also been known because of those reasons to be bad co-investors with anyone else because they don't get about the, the project itself. They don't get about the other investors. They, they only are there for the profits and the holders are uneducated and you know, it, it's difficult to convince them to actually hold something. Now, in our case, the community get, gets all the information in an objective fashion. They get to talk to the founder directly in an AMA. They get to ask questions live. Everything is unfiltered, uncensored. And after the AMA, they can freely discuss the good and the bad in the respective channels. And only if the team, after the, if our team after the AMA still agrees that it's a good investment, only if the community unanimously also agrees that it's a sound investment, only then do we even go forward and pursue that investment. So there's a, tons, a ton of different vetting processes in place before we even get to signing a, a certain arrangement with, a, with an investment. And even if we get to that point, we don't just sign for $100,000, $500,000 or a million dollars. That can put you in a super difficult decision. If you just sign for something and you don't really know what the community actually wants to invest, because now you have to put limits in place and you know, the, the and dynamics again get rather unfavorable for yourself. So anytime we arrange an investment, we, you know, we get a ballpark from our investment partner, what we could invest. And then I go to the community, I raise the funds, I allow them to participate and they can invest as little as $100. They can invest up to uh, over $11,000, depending on your NFT holdings. And once the money is collected, I sign for that exact amount and then the investment gets arranged and processed. And now everyone was able to invest without any bias. Everyone was able to invest the exact amount which they want to invest, not too much, not too little. And to us, that makes for the healthiest dynamic. And, you know, you see it from our community. The, um, you know, we have an internal leaderboard of how much money people invest, uh, how much money individual members invest. And we've only been around for three months, right? So it's not like we have been around forever. But we have invested uh, cumulatively, I believe at this point, over $1.5 million. And we have individuals who invested over $35,000 uh, as an individual investor. So people put a, a lot of trust and faith into how we do things. But we also provide the transparency uh, at every single instance to make sure that it stays this way. And we, you know, we make sure that they can always be comfortable um, relying on us. And we also go, go out of our way and tell everyone that, you know, do not just invest into something because we arrange it. That, that's the worst attitude which you can have. Always do your own due diligence. And we always also encourage people, you know, to do more than just listen to the MA. We, we provide literally every, every single resource possible. And, you know, JX has been one of our members who has asked probably the, the smartest and the most questions during those AMAs. And those really help everyone to understand what they do and it helps everyone to assess the risk. And I, I really like if, if you know, let's say the community on, on average 
has an, uh, um, a max amount which they can invest of a thousand dollars. And I really like to see not everyone maxing out. I, I really enjoy if, if the average invested amount ends up being $258, for example, because that means that people actually did con consider the, the, the pros and cons. They con did consider the risks. They did consider their own liquidity and they put in the exact amount which they were comfortable with. And to me, that's much more enjoyable than chasing to sign the biggest ticket possible. You know, that, mm -hmm. that, that's just nonsense. Uh, one question I had was, what would be like people that have, a lo have lower liquidity? Uh, so at the moment, your floor price is set at one ETH. So what would you say is the minimum cost for someone to kind of come into your ecosystem and start investing with you guys? Yeah, so we have worked on an additional solution to what we have planned with the Mint. But let me cover the, the Mint first. So mm -hmm. um, the date has not been locked in 100%. It's probably going to be early November. And that's when we're going to have the next mint of our collection and a, a brief overview, overview so we have 5000 nfts and we have decided to distribute them amongst the holders in a different way than what's usually done and we pretty much have copied the tokenomics of the most sophisticated and established projects out there which means we have decided to put the nfts on a vesting schedule so to speak which means in practice, we had the phase one mint where around 1,200 NFTs had been minted out of the collection of 5,000. And those... Any, sorry? you cut out a bit for me. Oh, yeah, 1,200 mm -hmm. out of the collection of 5,000 had been minted. And these had been in circulation freely. So people could, have, could easily sell and buy and trade them. And in order to participate in the investments, you know, could make the decision of staking those NFTs and then participate in the investments, or you can just hold them either for you to wait for them to accrue value or, you know, for, for, for a means of staying flexible. Do you guys have a, a vesting period on your staking system? Yes. So you okay. have two options when you want to, when you want to stake the NFT. So you can choose six months or you can pick the 12 months option. And okay. if you pick the 12 months, so there's no difference uh, between the both, uh, the two, you always have access for free. But if you stake for 12 months, you're going to get whitelisted for the blockchain fund as well. And I, I can describe what that's going to be uh, in a few minutes. Um, sure. So we had the phase one mint, those were freely tradable. Afterwards, we had a very small circle of phase two mint, which was mainly for people who missed out on the phase one mint. And I believe we had uh, around 200 NFTs minted in phase two. And those all are locked up automatically for 12 months. And the same is going to be true for phase three and for phase four, where in phase three, we are, we are aiming to mint uh, a good amount of NFTs. And all those NFTs are going to be locked up for 12 months. And the reason why we do so is because the mint price is going to be based on the current floor price. And the phase three minters are going to receive a big discount on the actual floor price. And in this case, everyone who's listening to the AMA, you're going to receive an, a diamond fin roll. And in order for you to claim that, you just have to go to our server, open up a support ticket, and 
tell them that you have been to the NFT uh, Nifty Nuggets AMA. And um, I, I've taken a screenshot and snapshot of everyone who attends. And you can then claim your whitelist spot. And the Diamond Fin whitelist role is the highest tier whitelist which we have. It provides you with a 80% discount on the current floor price. So this means that even if you're even with the fact that you're late, be, these ones would be vested for 12 months, right? Correct. <clears throat> okay. But during those 12 months, you have access for free to all of those investments, right? Mm -hmm. So, and you know, the, and the big upside here is that you get the NFT for 80% discount, which means you're now back down to the initial mint price everyone paid in phase one. So even after we are becoming way more popular, after the floor price has increased significantly, you can still get in for very cheap. And another big upside is that we're currently in a bear market. And even in the bear market, we are now trading at one ETH. So the likelihood of you in a year being worse off than you are today by buying in at an 80% discount is much rather low, right? You know, even if the bear gets three times worse, we're probably going to stay below, excuse me, we're going to stay above a floor price of the 300 USD, USDC, which you would pay right now if we would mint today. So I think it's a good way to protect the current minters, and it's also a good way to protect the phase one minters for you know not giving away the collection right now at a discount and then allowing someone to sell it the next day. In, uh, in a way, you're also protecting the phase one minters because indirectly you're diluting them a bit of uh, what's going to happen, and that it would be a literally a two a two a two bad sword, like the floor would drop and they would be being diluted. I like the solution personally. Uh, I can see how some people will complain about it. I personally like it. Um, yes, thank uh, you. Uh, As Exo mentioned, um, you're paying no fees on the investment. So if you invest somewhere else with like an average 15% fees, um, with investing a couple of thousands, you've already paid the mint price and fees alone. So if you're in investing over long term, you're saving so much on fees that the mint price is like, really nothing in comparison and one more thing is that diamond fin as as exo mentioned it's the highest whitelist tier where you get 80 percent discount um, and i'm really grateful for exo for sharing that with the nugget community because the regular whitelist we have you usually get 65 percent discount so you still have to pay 35 percent of the floor price um, so the deal we're getting is absolutely amazing and people have to work hard um, to, to get that diamond fill Role. And only say thank you. We appreciate that a lot. Is there a snapshot of the floor price? It's probably closer to mint, I would say. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to take the pretty much on the day before or on the same day, we're going to, to take the average and you know that we might still adjust it in order to not end, end up with a super high mint price. But we're going to so, take an average of the lowest listed NFTs. Um, one question that I guess it's a little bit of an uncomfortable one, but I guess it's something people have on their minds. How can you, like, can you guarantee, not guarantee in a way, but can people get their investment back without selling the NFT through the investments they make with you, right? That's yeah, yeah, oh, yeah of course, of, of course. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. I mean, so the, the whole point yeah, is in a year, you don't even sell it because your investments with you guys would probably have already outvalued that floor price. So you have no interest in selling, but rather continue with you. So you guys are the ones that are actually putting yourselves in like a bad position because you're 
although people are paying you upfront, you're giving yourself 12 months to give them their money back and more so they don't dump through after the 12 months. I think it's a, it's a good compromise on both sides, the way I see it. Yeah, and it's, it's the most important dynamic to have, right? Because if you bet on yourself being able to deliver, then you're going to be consistently motivated to really do your best every single day. If you have a model where you get a bunch of money up front and then you can continuously make money from selling stuff to people, I mean, you're just going to be motivated until the money runs out, right? Or until everyone realizes that all the investments which you have sold don't really yield any return. But then it's already too late and everyone already got what they wanted, right? And in our case, we have the NFT Mint, which is going to provide us with a, a bunch of liquidity, but all of the liquidity is then used to build the next big pillar of what we currently have, which is going to be the blockchain fund. And the blockchain fund is going to be the perfect addition to the VC brand, which we have today. And the way you can imagine this is that the VC brand, which we have today, and with the way it has been set up, that has been in very high demand by people who want to invest a lot more than what we currently allow as max amount of investment. So we have a variety of people putting in $10,000 regularly, but we also have people who have requested to you know, put in $100,000, half a million, and we don't want to accommodate them with the VC brand because it's going to very likely skew the dynamics again, where you know, if you have a limited ticket, now you have to um, prioritize your, your bigger shareholders or your, big, your bigger drivers. And that's going to take away from the individual investors in the community. And in order to accommodate those people, what we have now planned is to set up a blockchain fund, which is going to be similar to a crypto hedge fund, but it's going to be set up in a more conservative way. And it's going to be set up which, um, in a way which only allows institutional and um, high net worth individuals to actually participate in. And in contrary to the VC brand, where on the VC side, and this is also an important thing to note, if you invest with BBV, you will always, in all instances, receive the tokens which you bought directly to your wallet after the TGE, which means you actually own all the investments which you make. There's a bunch of other VCs out there where you invest with them, but you don't even get the tokens. They decide when to sell. So you, you, have a, you, know, you already can get blindsided by buying the wrong investments, but now you have another liability where you buy into something and then it turns out you don't even own the thing. It's owned by the VC and they can do whatever they want and they have no legal obligations to sell when you want to sell. And you know, again, the, the entire dynamic is just going to be like terrible. And I, I predict a lot of the VCs which currently exist to go out of business. And this includes the community VCs, this includes the regular VCs. And I've already seen this uh, with a couple of investments where they had a, you know, a, a backer, which was big on Luna, for example, and then they had to pull out, they had to pull out the funds, which they initially invested. And luckily enough, obviously our investments are very good. So finding a replacement is easy for them, but there's many, many other projects out there where investors pull out and then no one has interest in that project anymore because it's a bear market and now they are struggling for funding. And now all the other VCs out there who invested in that specific project, they are probably also going to lose their money because the project is never going to come to fruition. And now you have the community VCs, which 
pushed their community to invest in a plethora of those projects. Now all of those guys are also going to lose their money and it's just, you know, a matter of time until all of that unfolds and until there's a, a big implosion, which is just going to clear the space of a variety of the bad actors. And now um, coming back to I'm the sorry, I'm sorry yes. to interrupt you here. There's someone that's saying they got to leave and they had put a question fairly, a fair while ago. I was just kind of waiting oh, yes, for you. Sure. Um, when you spoke about allocations right at the beginning about the IDOs, how do you plan on onboarding allocations? Will you be reaching out to projects or will they be, they be applying? And I guess the other part is basically if they will be handpicked. So I guess we spoke about that. But I guess on the other side, can other projects apply to you for funding? And then you guys would explore that option? Because yeah, sure. the, other yeah, part yeah. Of the, the so, other part of the question was already spoken about, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a, a dedicated channel in our server where you can find a form and then you can submit a project, which we then will review. We do our due diligence on. And you know, to, to answer the question in a more impressive way, we actually have a research institute in place and that research institute costs us $30,000 per month to run. And these guys work for us full time and they screen hundreds of projects per week and they pick out the very best ones. They are the first instance of looking into projects. They have a two tier review process. So they have a stage one research after something passes the stage one gets put into stage two review. And after that, do we pursue the AMA with that particular project? And we have a, a self-developed bot in place, which is taking data from Twitter and from other social media channels, which is screening for any movement, anything which might be announced, any new investments by big VCs. And we get the data really as soon as, as humanly possible. And we know for sure that we are super, super early in many of the investments which we're currently working on. And, uh, you know, the investment in Obscuro, for example, was in the seed stage and it, it also involves equity. So there's a plethora of upside, which you see for being early and Obscuro is actually the best example because that has been, um, proposed to us by a community member. So this is not one of the projects which we came about through the bot or through our own leads, but that actually was a project which was, um, suggested by a community member. And there's also uh, bounties in place for someone bringing us a, a deal, which we then eventually close. So if you know a good project and again, the dynamics here are super interesting because now let's assume the the person who asked that question is super, super selfish, right? And they only want to propose that project to us because they want to invest into that project themselves. Now they have two big, big upsides now because they can propose the project to us without any effort, they can just fill in, fill, in, fill in the form. And then the research team on our own cost is going to look through the project. If it's a bad project, we are going to tell the person who submitted it. So now they know they don't have to invest because it's bad. But if it's a good project, they are now going to know, okay, it gets approved, it gets arranged by VVV. And now if we close the investment, obviously the guy who brought us the project has a front row seat for the investment. So now they know that it was a good project. It has been vetted by the entire team, by the community. They have listened to the founder directly. And now they also get the opportunity to invest themselves. And on top of that, they're going to receive a bounty for arranging or for bringing the, the project to us. So, you know, again, the dynamics and the incentives here are super important. There we go. Thank you. 
I'm sorry to interrupt you on that. It's just the lad said he he had to go. <laughs> oh no, my pleasure. And it's a it's a super important question um, because the the leads are actually the most important thing. You know, if if you struggle to get if you struggle to look at enough projects, then as soon as you find someone, you know, you and it it looks decent, then you think, oh my god, I have to close this because otherwise I'm going to have a, a dry period for the next three months. But if you know you're going to look at hundreds and hundreds of projects anyways, I mean, then anything which only, which only looks decent, you can, can just bin right away. And you can only look for those diamonds where, you know, you really see the biggest potential. And, you know, obviously, you know, we, we cannot give any financial advice, but just to, to give you an idea of my own motivation here, I, I'm not interested in a 20x or, or 30x or 50x, you know, the investments which you range, I invest into and... I also do this in a transparent way. Any investment which we arrange, you know, will know exactly how much I personally invest myself. You know, I invest into those projects because I expect a hundred X or a thousand X return. I'm not really getting excited about a 10 X or something like that, especially if you are subject to vesting periods, then, you know, in order for this to count, you really want to make sure that you get a very high return. And um, maybe to give you guys an example of how this looks in practice, and why those investments are actually that lucrative or that interesting. And this isn't the best performing investment, but it's one which has recently had its TGE and which we recently signed. So I invested into Dogami, for example. And we invested, it was a super small ticket. So we invested $15,000 into Dogami. Then it took us only six months before they had their TGE. And before the, uh, actually, it might have been three months, but. Yeah, after three months, I believe they went uh, onto the open market. The token became tradable. And I believe they did like a 15x right away. And with the initial unlock and with the monthly unlock, after six months, even with the token value declining throughout the bear market, after six months, I had uh, cashed out two times the money I invested. So the $15,000 which we invested, we already pulled out $30,000. And now the beauty is, it took us only six months to get twice of our money back, but now we still have um, 11 months left of active vesting, which means over the course of the next year, every single month, I'm still going to get tokens. And all I have to do, I already made my money back twice. Now all I have to do is let those tokens accumulate and wait for the next bull market. And then on the top of the bull market or leading up to the top, I can start selling those tokens and I can start uh, taking all those additional profits after I have already doubled my money. And now imagine if you have five or 10 of those investments lined up, you know, that's a pretty good life to have, right? Because now every single month you get additional liquidity, you can reinvest those, um, the liquidity you get, you can cover your living expenses and you're going to be in a very attractive position financially. And yeah, that's pretty much the, uh, you know, the, the, the financial driver which we have and which we anticipate for all of our members. Now, to and I'm going to keep it brief, but to give you a, an overview of the, the blockchain fund, that's going to be a vehicle which is going to be raising between 100 million and 300 million dollars, and that's going to be again for the institutional investors and the high net worth individuals, from which we had a lot of requests already. And that blockchain fund is not just going to be run by me, but it's actually going to have a, a board of directors in place. And I already introduced our team to one of the first members. And that member is someone who has worked for 13 years at Fidelity Investments, 
And for anyone not knowing what Fidelity Investments is, that's a financial services corporation. And they have 4.5 trillion, with a T, 4.5 trillion US dollars under management. So our funds are not just going to be managed by nobodies, but we actually have a, a board of directors in place from very, very big names. That's uh, Fidelity Investments, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs. That, that's the kind of people which we have. These are um, mostly C-level um, um, experts with uh, cumulatively centuries of experience under their belt. And these are going to, to be the guys who are going to advise us on managing those assets. They're going to open up their Rolodexes to make the right introductions to the right um, institutions, to the right net worth, high net worth individuals, to accumulate the $100 million to $300 million for us to have a powerful fund. And the reason why having that fund is going to be important is currently the VC brand is successful, but with the, you know, with the approach of being community-centric, we are never going to be in a position where we're going to close $10 million tickets because you know, the community, for one, shouldn't be pushed to mobilize such buying power. And we also want to be able to diversify the community's funds uh, responsibly over a plethora of different investments, right? We don't want a single person to put all their money in one thing, but we would much rather see them putting some money into all the individual investments. So now the question is, how do we then become a more serious brand as an investor? How do we actually have say at the cap table? And that's where the blockchain fund is going to be super interesting because now we have the means of actually filling those five, 10, or even bigger tickets for individual investments. And now we have a, a, an actual seat at the cap table because now we're not just a, a small community VC who got a small ticket, but we have an actual role as an investor to play at the cap table, which now means that we can actively influence the scope of success and the likelihood of success of those individual projects. And that's going to be extremely powerful for the community because it also means that we can now go ahead and lead rounds. We can um, exert more force when it comes to negotiating the terms and we can overall just do better deals and the deals easier for the community. You can imagine, you know, we are, we are, we are successful, but we are still a, no, a nobody in the grand scheme of things. So it's still a long, hard road to close some of those super, super attractive investments. You know, some of, some of those which we haven't spoken about yet, we have worked on literally for months. And it's, uh, you know, you have a, we have a strong value proposition, but there's so much noise around those investments. You, you really have to be sure to follow up frequently to be utmost professional and to really never let go and then pursue those, those top tier deals and then be the right exception, which actually gets on the cap table in the round of those big hitters. And once you have a VC, uh, once you have the blockchain fund, in addition to what we have now, and once you have the expertise and also the uh, prestige of the board members, then the story is very different because now we're going to have a lot more expertise and advisory, which we can uh, provide from our board of directors. And we're also going to partner with one of the big four accounting firms. And we're going to partner with a, a prestigious law firm. So now the, um, the upside, which you can bring in terms of expertise and connections, that's going to be unmatched in the, in the blockchain space. And you will also see once we announce our, our, our board of directors, 
these are people who would never even talk to any of those other community VCs out there or in fact with any blockchain related project like these are literally the the web 2 financial um shakers and movers from wall street who you know they don't take that much much convincing actually to to get them on board uh, for what we do because the you know it's very easy to to see by how we do things that we are genuine and that we have a high level of integrity and the, the biggest concern for these guys is to protect their reputation and they will only get involved into something which they can tell is legitimate and our team is doxed i'm fully doxed so you know there, there's nothing uh there's literally no no potential for any um malicious behavior anywhere and the incentives are set in the right way so for them to get involved um luckily you know also through the work of the team uh it has become very easy so again just like we pick and choose the best deals we are now in a position where we can pick and choose the best board members and, and it's literally i have more dm actually I, I have more linkedin messages and more emails than i could, could possibly reply to so now we have really the, the luxury of, of picking the very best guys and the yeah and you know again the the that, that's amazing um exo we've been through the ma for an hour now i just would like to know how much time you still have because there's some topics i would like to touch on no, i have all the time in the world however long you guys want me to speak i will keep <laughs> amazing i mean I'm, I'm fine uh if you were to continue i don't mind just taking two hours <laughs> okay cool yeah i mean i can i can, I can literally go on forever <laughs> Um, um, you know, the, yeah, the I, uh, yes. Yeah, I wanted to ask you uh, if you can elaborate more. I know you touched on like minimum investments when you invest directly about hundred dollars. Um, but if you can, the nuggets here, we love raffles. Um, and I think okay. they will love this raffle system we have. If you can elaborate a bit more, um, about the raffle system for both allocations and whitelists. Yes. So that's something which is not live yet, uh, but it should be live probably in the next few days. And it, it has taken like literally weeks and weeks and weeks of bashing our heads to find the best dynamic for the community and for the holders. So in addition to the direct investments which we offer, we now are also going to offer a raffle system in which you can participate with as little as $10. And the ticket price per ticket is $1. And the minimum amount of tickets which you need to buy is 10, meaning the minimum investment is $10. Now, as a holder, or excuse me, as someone who has staked the NFT for 12 months, you're going to receive diamond tickets. And those diamond tickets have the odds of winning of 1 to 10, which means on average, if you invest $10, you're going to win $10. So. In the long run, you're always going to break even, and it's going to be a, a good way for you to get exposure to most of the investments which you arrange. And this is the, 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 the big upside here is that the gamification of the raffle system and the, the randomness allows us to arrange those raffles without requiring, requiring you to KYC because the allocation which you're going to win is going to be prepaid. So the allocation you get is going to be funded by our own money which then makes the KYC process obsolete for that approach. So um, you're going to have the benefits as a 12 month staker of not being able to lose money if you continuously run uh, those raffles. And 
Now you can purchase more than 10 tickets. Um, we, we, and th this is not public data yet, but depending on how many of our NFTs you hold and depending on which types of NFTs you hold, you can purchase up to tenth, uh, tens of thousands of tickets. So on average, you can actually, if you want, you know, if you are a whale, if you want to invest a lot, you can actually end up, um, you know, exposing yourself with a couple thousand dollars to each single investment in a, a very straightforward way. Now, we also have the, the same ticket access for people who stake six months and to people who only hold, who don't have the NFT staked at all. And we even make those raffles accessible to the general public where they will be able to buy a minimum and also maximum amount of 10 tickets. And then they will be able to potentially get exposure to those projects as well. In the case of the non-holders, the odds are going to be similar or actually identical to the odds you have in roulette. And you know, that's just a way for us to, to cover the cost and to still keep it exciting and, and relevant for those people participating. So even the non-holders to a certain degree are going to be able to get access to those top tier investments uh, like Snickerdoodle or maybe some more popular projects, which you guys maybe also know, uh, Godzilla or Mavia, for example, these are two super popular games. Um, these are investments which are going to get access then, uh, even if you just follow us on, on Twitter. And I think that's a good way for us to increase our exposure and attract new members, which then obviously is also going to increase the floor price over time. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> what I'm really excited is that you're taking a new spin on almost every, everything that is a VC community thing. So it's really interesting on how, how many different approaches you guys are going about making this happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything was a process of, of, of doing the best for the community and for the members. And we know, we know that the US-based members ha have a difficult time going through the KYC process. The SEC is very strict. They have to be either accredited or they have to invest through a company in order to be elig uh, eligible. And uh, the KYC hurdle was something which we were actively working on for a very long time and which we are very proud now that we have solved that. You know, even if it's up to chance to a certain degree by offering those diamond tier tickets, you know, it's almost taking out the chance, at least if, if you're dedicated and if you, you know, participate over the course of a few investments, then you're always going to be well off. And it's also going to stay true to what we uh, do with the direct investments. If you only participate through the diamond tickets, that also means that we do not make any profit from you participating. And that was something which was, again, super important to us. We didn't want to have the raffle system in place where it, it might exploit people who are eager to get in through that avenue. But again, if you're one of the guys who staked the NFT for 12 months, you're going to be in a position to pretty much invest without any loss and without any fees. Interesting. Um, at the moment, I'm trying to see if anyone has questions too. Does anyone have questions for Exa? Yeah, be free to ask anything and, and be, be as critical and as harsh as, as you possibly could be. Uh, you know, the, the biggest learnings and the biggest improvements we always saw when people pointed out something which we didn't do well, uh, which we didn't do as well as we could do it. So, you know, any feedback is always appreciated. Yeah, I wanted to mention something. Um, as Exo said, the, our research institute costs 30000 per month to run um but the we a couple of days ago we just launched 
our course where um, people can, actually holders, can sign up and learn the methodology that is used um, in our research institute for free to do their own evaluations and like vet projects. Um, so this is like very amazing thing that I was looking forward to where you can have a deep dive and learn all the techniques that are used by VVV to vet all these projects in the space. And you can make much better investment decisions by only just taking the course, even if you don't end up investing anything. The knowledge you can get through that course is by itself um, worth it. Um, I don't know if you want to elaborate more on that or if you have anything to add on that topic. Yeah, for sure. So the Research Institute has opened up its gates um, yesterday for the entire community of holders. So if you hold the NFT, you have access to the course 100% for free. And the course is made by our senior researcher who is leading the Research Institute. And he is guiding you step-by-step step through the entire process of vetting uh, a specific project. And that vetting process doesn't always have to take a lot of time. Actually, to find the very obvious red flags, that's a super, super quick process. And being able to do so is going to prevent you from losing money in bad deals. And you know, many of the deals which we reject, we see them being arranged by other VCs and by other community VCs. So you know, we know for sure that people either unknowingly or deliberately do arrange investments even in scams. And there has been, uh, you know, there have been a couple of investments which were very obvious scams. If you would just take five minutes to do some research, but people just don't know how, and they also trust those community VCs to, uh, to, you know, to a certain degree, right? They they would assume that at, at least they don't bring them a scam investment, which you know they will just lose the money for sure. But um, you know, unfortunately, that's not the reality. And going through the course, that's going to be. Uh, one of the ways where you will learn how to actually um, uncover those red flags and how to see what's wrong with a project and, and how to actually expose the bad stuff. And, you know, it, it can be as simple as doing a background check on the founder and seeing, you know, have they already launched that idea before? Is it just a recycled idea? And you would be surprised, like, how many times that's actually the case. Like, how many founders just launch and raise for the very same idea they already raised funds with for, uh, you know, two years ago, for example, I, it, the, you literally would not believe the amount or the, the, the degree of corruption in the space. It, it's literally unfathomable, uh, uh, uncomprehensible. It, it's unfathomable. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, ger I'm German. I, I'm allowed to. I'm, I'm Portuguese. I was looking for it too. I was kind of thinking unfath unfathomable. But yeah, the, I mean, it's, it's kind of a first time that VCs are becoming like a world, like everyone in the world can be part of the same VC and have a voice in it. And I think you guys are going the exact good way around it. I think the raffles obviously help a lot of people that have lower liquidity. I think it's a big plus and a big option. Um, and honestly, I'm excited to see how you guys fare through the future. Uh, I mean, I have no option but to hold 12 months, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. You know, it's not actually, you know, the, the motivator of starting VVV is really to make those returns accessible to normal people. And one question that has been lingering a bit, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yes. Um, 
is there any security issues you guys have run into in a way to provide back to your holders through this system? Or is that completely detached and you guys don't have any of those security issues that we see with projects that promise returns to NFTs? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, we don't promise returns by, by any means. So, there's actually a couple things which we work on currently, which we deliberately do not disclose publicly because it, it, it might potentially turn the NFT into a security. So okay. a lot of the things which we work on, we, we will only, um, even if they would be healthy for the floor price, we will only announce them after every single NFT has been minted. Because if we would announce it now, then we would, make, we would have to make KYC mandatory for all those minters, right? Which then would kill the engagement. And to, to come back to the uh, you know, SEC topic, so for the direct investments, we do require everyone to KYC and we do not let non-accredited US investors participate in the direct investments. And that's necessary because obviously you want to stay in favor of the SEC. Yeah, and exactly. That was kind that, of where I was seeing a gray line that has exactly. to be spoken about at least. Yeah, 100%. And, and, so, and we are always, you know, obviously transparent that you make those investments with us, but all those investments can always go wrong. No matter how much due diligence you do, there's always external factors which you cannot um, you know, count into. There might be World War III and then the entire thing goes out of the window, right? So there's, there's always a risk, no matter how, how good your research is, that things go wrong. And uh, Someone asked if for raffles, US investors need QIC? No. So for the raffles, you can freely participate. There's no need to KYC. Again, the funds which get uh, collected through the raffle system, they never touch the wallets of our investors. Or they never touch the wallets of the projects which invest in. And the allocations which you receive are prepaid by our own money, which means um, you know, there's no correlation here between an US investor actually uh, actively investing into a security directly. And you also only get the tokens after the TGE, right? So you only get them after the unlock has happened, after they are freely tradable, and after the the and it's you know in in ninety nine percent of the cases it's uh, utility tokens anyways. So only after those utility tokens are actually you know usable and actually have a utility, only then will you receive it. And obviously, together with all the other investors, there, there's no delay here for the uh, raffle participators. But just to be clear, is that you know, most of the investments that you make is in utility tokens anyways. It's not like we are like only buying securities and have to work around that. Also for US investors, like while might, you might not be able to directly participate without KYC, because um, you can't KYC, um, if you're a US investor, you can still, other than the raffles, you can still participate in the blockchain fund. Um, the requirement to get the whitelist for the blockchain fund itself was to stay 12 months, but since you're going to be minters in phase three, you will automatically get the blockchain fund whitelist. And with the blockchain fund, even if you're a US, US investor, you are able to participate directly with your own money. You don't need to go through the raffle system. Correct. So the US fund, excuse me, the blockchain fund is particularly set up in a way to accommodate US investors. And the company or the entity for the blockchain fund is very likely also going to be incorporated in the US to deliberately stay close to the SEC and to really do everything above board. And there's a, a couple of uh, legal avenues which we have explored where you can let non-accredited US investors participate in a fund 
um, there's, a, there's a couple of different uh, structures which allow you to do so. And that's what we're going to do. And that's, that's really what makes this so special because it's going to be a vehicle which um, pretty much allows access to the very best investments, which is managed by the very best and most well-versed financial experts out there. And all of that in, in synergy with the VC brand, which, which is driving the research, which, which is driving the engagement, and which is making the huge value proposition to those individual projects. And you know, to come back to two very important uh, pillars which we have. Yeah. yeah. So outside of the, you know, obviously the regulatory aspect is, is very important. It's also important to pick the right investments and so on. But there's also one thing which very few communities actually take into consideration, and that's actually, you know, being attractive to the uh, regular show, so to speak, but then also helping those normal people to become better versions of themselves and become good investors, but then also become people who are actually capable of using that money in a wise way and not losing all of it in the next crash. And to give you a, a statistic here to, to refer to, people who play the lottery, after five years, 70% of them have lost all their money again, and they're even worse off than they were before. And that's regardless whether or not they won $5 million or if they won $500 million. If you're not capable of, um, let me phrase it differently. If you are not a person who is supposed to be rich, if you're not a person who has all the traits of a successful person, then you're not going to be able to hold on to the money. And the crypto space is the best testament to that because there's a lot of people who made a lot of money in the, in the bull market and in the bear, they lost all of it. And maybe, you know, some of you guys have the, the same personal experience where you made X amount of money in the bear market and now you're sitting at zero again or close to zero, or maybe you even have debt, you know, because you overextended yourselves. And it's, it's very, very important to understand that the universe is not crazy enough to let someone make a ton of money and then just keep that money if they don't deserve to have it. So you have to deliberately go out of your way to adopt those trades over time. And the issue you have in the crypto space is that you literally learn nothing from trading crypto and you also learn, learn very little from just investing. Even if you are the best investor in the world, that you know, still all you know is investing and you like all the trades which make a successful person who, if you compare it to someone who launches a business and who makes that business successful, there's a lot more hardship that person has to go through. If someone launches a business, they have to find their first customer, then they have to hire people, then there's always things which go wrong, go wrong, and then they have to work through that. They have a lot of social interactions, they have a lot of real life challenges which they have to overcome, and there's a lot more hardship which you have to go through to then have a successful business. And once you have that successful business, you naturally have all those traits which make a successful businessman or woman. And now, if you lose everything again, you can just make it back tomorrow. And in the crypto space, if you get lucky once, then the likelihood of you losing it is very high. You know, if you compare this to the lottery again, that the money you make in crypto is way less than 5 million or 500 million, right? You know, make 100K here, maybe 500K, but that's usually the, the max which you, you know, can, can make as a regular per person just by chance. And if you make that money, 
you're, you know, once you have the money, once you have, once you have the actual money in your, in your bank account, then you're going to be in terror because now your only and sole mission is to hold on to that money because you know you just got it by accident. And that's actually the, the most, uh, the least enjoyable part because you don't actually know how to make money. And that's kind of, um, I think I've heard this my whole life, but most of the people that win those crazy lotteries after like 10 years, they're back to poverty and probably even worse than when they started. Absolutely. And, and you know, what's, what's the point of doing that, right? Because then you're never going to be happy ever again, even if you were initially happy being, you know, average or in the middle class, if you were rich once, I mean, you know, going back to poverty is just going to be horrendous. And the crypto space equals the, the lottery to a large degree. There's very little people in there who actually know what they do. And I know, I know a plethora of uh, crypto millionaires and none, none of them lost even a dime in Luna. All of them knew for sure that it was a scam. Like every single person of them knew it. And all of these guys are people who, not all of them, but many of them uh, are people who had successful businesses or who have successful businesses already. So they know they have that, they have that street smart where it's impossible for you to scam them. And I can relate to that very much. I, I, I built a successful business myself. I know exactly what to, what to look for. I never, ever got scammed in the crypto space. I never got scammed in real life. I know exactly how to judge people. I know exactly how to, to see if something is off. And you will have a very, very difficult time to actually go ahead and, and trick me into trusting you if you're not a trustworthy person. And that, that's something which is super important for every single member to understand. And it's also for me personally important that the community has access to resources which allow you to learn that. And we actually have a, a, a uni, um, an academy in place where we study super successful people and we, we study how they invest and how they operate their lives. And we study people like Warren Buffett, Steve Ballmer, Steve Jobs, um, Tiger Woods, and a plethora of different icons from very different, um, you know, uh, categories. Uh, one of, one of the icons, which we study is, is called Nick Bellotteri, which, you know, someone probably no one ever heard of, but he is the most successful uh, tennis coach in history. So I get the numbers wrong, but roughly speaking, he has like 20 Wimbledon winners who he taught and the next best guy has like three. So he was the coach of Andrew Agassi, Boris Becker, and all those famous tennis uh, players. And it's super interesting because the traits those guys share are so common. Like all of these guys have the very same traits, despite them being active and successful in very different industries. So there are, and, and you know, the, my conclusion to, uh, out of that is there must be universal laws to success. And that's what we study in the academy. And we have a, an entire channel full of testimonials by our own members where they started in the academy and, and all of the, you know, when I say study, you know, I know a lot of people have probably a certain degree of uh, dislike to the term, but it's actually super enjoyable. So most of the, most of the time it's you watching a movie and then afterwards um, elaborating on a, a couple of questions and, you know, which relate to the traits of those people and the traits you personally have. And studying in the academy is going to, by default, make you a better person because you're going to start looking at things and at your own habits very differently. And even on a subconscious level, if you went through all the different lessons, uh, currently we have nine different ones. If you go through all those different lessons, 
you're not, you're not going to be the same person afterwards. And even subconsciously, you're going to change your behavior and your thinking, and you're going to aim for bigger goals. You're actually going to keep track of your goals. And I can almost certainly guarantee you, if you go through the academy, you are going to become more successful than you currently are. And you're also going to be much more confident by, uh, in wanting to be more successful because a lot of the success which people have or don't have comes back to a self-esteem. And that's a big, big part where if all you, and you know, I grew up on my computer as well, right? And, and I, I'm not the most uh, extroverted guy, but if all you do is being active at your computer and all you focus on is making money from crypto, a lot of your most important trades are going to suffer and you're not going to be uh, you know, capable to have social interactions, to ha have meaningful interactions, to have confidence, to talk to important people. And that's going to be a detriment for you at some point in life, because no matter how digital everything is going to become, those traits are going to be relevant. Even if you never interact with a living person in reality, you still need to be able to make sense of, of uh, gestures, or, of body position, of um, even body composition, of uh, the, the, the faces people make on, on Google Meets. You have to be able to read your partner. And there's a, there's a lot of things which are highly, highly relevant. Even in the crypto space, in, you know, if you judge a founding team, for example, if you look through their backgrounds, if you look at how they, how they write certain things, how they phrase things, how they behave in public, or things which might uh, surface later on, how they interact in private, if DMs get leaked, and so on. And um, yeah, again, this is, uh, to me, one of the most important aspects, because VVV is set up in a way where we want to make all the single members filthy rich but you also want to provide you with the tools to stay rich. It's of no use to me to make you a thousand X return if you, after five years, end up being broke again. So we, you know, we decided to provide you with all the tools which you need. You have the tools to become a better investor if you want to be, you have access to the best investments, and you can also become a better person, which then actually deserves to have that money and doesn't have to live in fear of losing it again. I can attest yeah. to the quality of the academy as I have done have lessons myself so far. I plan on finishing them. Uh, okay. But the effects are amazing. Like I can feel much more um, energy, confidence, and self-esteem. Like I'll probably be even shy to come out on stage and speak. Like this is my first time um, ever getting on a stage um, in an AMA and talking. So I'm not even stressed out. I'll, I'll I give a lot of credit for the academy, and I, I felt the difference in my life the daily interactions at work like you can just feel that energy and confidence when you go in you have that motivation to go and do something different um you have the ambition to grow and do something more so i'm really grateful for what i learned in the academy and even if i don't like make a dollar out of my investments i know i will but even if i make nothing i, I made already enough value to be more successful in real life and i can capitalize on that yeah, thank you very much, Jake. And you know, you're doing super well. You know, no one would have noticed that it's actually your first time speaking uh, on a stage. And you know, it's to me, it's also super fulfilling to hear you know those testimonials and to hear that people actually improve by going through the lessons. And that, you know, we don't just study those those, those icons by accident. You know, so people like Walt Disney, for example. You know, we study those people because they actually had an impact on my own life, and I, I paid a 
a big big amount of money and i paid also for a big amount of pain you know by by building my own business and by going through a lot of hardship personally to come out at the other end uh, as a more capable man and as a more confident man to then actually be in a position where i'm actually capable of leading and you know by no means do i do i uh, you know have the um you know to have the fallacy that I'm the perfect leader. Uh, there, there's still a lot of areas in which I can improve on as well. But the, cap- the capability of being able to lead that only comes by studying leaders. You know? And if you go to the regular educational system, you're almost never going to be in a situation where anyone uh, teaches you how to lead or where anyone teaches you how to start a business, how to sell a business. Like, it's all information which is going to be withheld from you forever. You're going to learn from a guy who makes $30,000 a year and drives a Toyota. You know, you're not going to, to learn from someone who's actually going to be, uh, you know, who, who actually had their fair, fair share of success in, in, its, in his life. And I, I think the educational system is uh, massively flawed. Um, I can give a three week long seminar about that. Um, I think every single person in VVV is, you know, way better off studying in the academy and you will also see by being in our academy chat people are actually pressuring me <laughs> of doing lesson nine like you know it, it's a very weird dynamic where you know if you know anyone being used to university or college you know you you threat homework right and now people are actually chasing me to to release the next homework and they, they are eager to get started and we actually have an entire mentor program in place where you know, you submit your, your homework and then it's actually getting reviewed by one of our mentors and they provide you with feedback and then they approve your homework. Then you get um, uh, unlocked for the next lesson. And all of this is done in a very structured way uh, with people who I have personally tested, who, you know, I know for sure have the right degree of personality and confidence and integrity to be in a position to actually be of value to you guys. And there's no, there's no upsell, there's no hidden agenda, there's nothing which costs anything in the academy. Like literally, the entire thing is just based on me wanting to have confident and smart people around me. I don't want to have a community which is made up of idiots where I cannot talk to anyone because they, you know, they lack self-confidence or they don't know what to talk about, they have no ambitions. Like a lot of this is done selfishly because I have... Uh, experienced that it is very lonely at the top and once you start coming into the top 10% of income top 5% of income you know it gets pretty lonely and it also as you evolve as a person the topics which you can actually talk about some with someone become very very limited because I have very little interest in doing small talk if I cannot talk business with you if I cannot talk with you about conquering the world I'm not interested in talking to you and in BVV, luckily, we have now, and you will see this, we, we have conversations in our general chat around super, super delicate topics, you know, about topics which normally trigger, um, you know, uh, the, the opposing side of those uh, different viewpoints. And we can have those conversations very, very professionally. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's really uh, something super unique where people can express their opinions and they don't get offended and they know for sure no matter what they say the other party also don't get offended so now we can um communicate and exchange information in a way which is super super efficient and it's going to elevate every single person reading it 
and you know the, the servers like relatively so, slow paced uh, at least the you know the the holders channels or the general chat but you can actually go back and you also have the motivation to go back and, and read what people have talked about because they actually talk about things of substance it's not just baseless conversations about gm uh, grand rising or you know gifs or any of that shit like we actually you know took the permissions away of posting gifs uh, for that very reason we want this to be a professional environment and we actually have some of our board members being active or uh, you know silently observing the discord server because these guys again are, are concerned about their reputation and I, i'm very very pleased that the community is very reliable of always being uh, professional i just want to add one thing to that um where as i mentioned the academy has mentors and um, these mentors are all paid by BVVV at no cost for like all holders and people in the server. So you can get all the value from the mentors. Um, and it, it's not something that you have to pay for. So all these mentors are paid, but you don't have to worry about that. You can just get that value and grow as a person. And, uh, you know, you mentioned a, a very important point here. So everyone working on the VVV team, all of them are paid but all of them would be more than happy to work as volunteers. And this is the, and, and maybe this is a, a big learning, uh, a, a good takeaway for, for anyone who is actually running a community. It, the biggest mistake which you can make is let people work for you for free. Because once they start working for you for free, you have no means of holding them accountable. And I deliberately told every single person, if you want to work for me, you're going to get paid. And you know, it can be as little as $500 per month, uh, for some of our, I don't mean this in a demeaning way, but you know, for some of our smallest positions, and you know, some of these guys get paid uh, almost five thousand dollars per month. And the reason why I want to pay them and why I also want to pay them very generously is because as long as I pay them, I can hold them accountable. If you don't perform according to how much I pay you, I'm going to throw you out. And I told everyone, uh, if you ask for a pay raise, you're going to get it, but there are no um, instances where, I go, where I'm going to decrease your pay. If you don't perform to what you set up for yourself, then you're going to get kicked from the team. And so far, I, I didn't kick a single person from the team. Like every single person who, who is on the team, who asked to help out and who got paid and who even got a pay raise, they all perform beyond what I pay them. So in my opinion, I, I get a great bargain because I, I get a lot of high-performing people who I can hold accountable and they all outperform way past what I pay them. And you know, one of the questions which usually comes up is how can BVV be sustainable? How uh, are the funds being distributed from the Mint, for example? And to give you a, a precise answer here, from the phase one Mint, um, I believe we accumulated $315,000. On the next day, I paid $100,000 to the uh, most important community members and to the team members, they all got a bonus payment for you know helping us with the mint and so on. And the rest of the funds have been used only to pay salaries to the team to help setting up our legal structure, to help paying for lawyers and for, for all the real life expenses which you have in, in running that company. And the future cash flow. So of course you have to face three mint, which is going to provide runway for you know probably for yeah, I mean, probably for two years, uh, I would estimate. But we also have the blockchain fund, and the blockchain fund is going to operate 
with fees, but only with fees for the institutional investors, which means, um, you know, using the, the common structure, which you see in, in the uh, crypto hedge fund world, it's a 220 structure, which means 2% fee on the capital which gets deployed and 20% fee on the returns. Meaning on a $100 million fund, you're going to get $2 million in fees upfront for setting everything up. That's enough to cover the legal cost. That's enough to cover the expenses for the research team and for the academy members for uh, almost an infinite amount of time. And on top of that, let's say you have a $100 million fund, the crypto hedge funds on average yield 100% return. That's over the, I believe that's data from 2020 and from 2021. But even if you take the, the lower average here um, of uh, 30% in, I believe, two, 2018, you know, if, you, if you hover somewhere there around maybe 50% returns, which would be 0.5x, which am I, uh, 1.5x, uh, which is very little in my opinion, but that would be $50 million in profits. Now, 20% fee on $50 million is $10 million. So another $10 million in profits after maybe five years, you know, the, the runway is probably the, the thing which we have to worry about the least. And we could easily go out there and raise money for what we do. There's, we have a plethora of offers where people want to invest in our company itself. Uh, but to me, I don't want to have any shareholders uh, being involved and potentially steering away from the integrity which we currently have. Thank you. I mean, you, uh, it was one of the questions that I had, and so you just ended up knocking it out the park. I have someone with their hand up. Should we bring someone on stage to make a question or two? Yeah, sure. Anyone who wants to talk, I'm happy I mean, to talk. I to see CD over here with the hand up. Do you want to come up, or was that a mistake? Did I lose sound? Am I getting rugged? He's muted. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sometimes it's the uh, mic permissions. Yeah, I guess it's CD. You're the wall. He's, he's muting and unmuting himself. Hello, Rath. Oh, I just wanted to see if uh, it will work. Yeah. Probably some, some little. If you want to ask the question on normal chat, CD, I can ask it for you. Or we can just read it as well. If. You can't speak right now, I guess, for some reason. Oh, I see Fury saying in the chat that he met Jonathan from Snickerdoodle a few years ago. That's nice. Want to want to come out on stage and share something about that? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll, you can you can listen to the AMA um, we'll which we had with with them on on uh, Spotify, and you can tell uh, Jonathan Padilla, the the founder of uh, Snickerdoodle, he's super super sharp. And he knows exactly in which rooms to be to get access to governments and to get access to the meaningful people, which then are going to help them have a, a data wallet, which is going to be applicable to the things governments do and to the data governments collect and use. And, you know, the biggest home run which you could have as an investor is if something truly finds mass adoption or if something gets adopted by a big institution which has a real life use case for it. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, obviously my, and again, another important aspect here, you know, my personal investment thesis has no influence on the research team and has no influence on the deals which we close, right? It, it, it's just, um, you know, I have a certain way of making decisions. And to me, it's literally as simple as talking to the founder 
and then I'm going to make my decision. I don't even need to. I don't even need to see the white paper. Uh, I know people so well. I only need to talk to you. I, I need to see your face and I need to hear your voice and be able to discern whether or not you're lying or you know actually what you're talking about. And in the case of uh, Jonathan Padilla, or in the in the case of the founder of Orki of Niels, or in the case of the founder of uh, NFTFI, Stephen. You know, if you talk to these people, you can hear how passionate they are about what they do. And you can, you can also hear they know everything. Like, there's nothing which they don't know. And that's the most important aspect which you could have. Uh, and it's also something which uh, Stephen actually mentioned. You know, if you invest into some, someone or into a company, you can, you, can invest them, uh, you can invest into them on what you see today. And you can invest into them on what they want to accomplish in the future. But the second you invest... You, you know, they have your bag in the hand and then you have to trust that they will navigate the founder's maze in a way which leads them to the end goal and which makes them successful. So at the end of the day, you always bet on the founder anyways, and you bet on their capability to navigate the real world and actually make their dreams a reality and make the business successful. Which then again comes back to the academy. If you have studied 10 successful people, and you talk to someone who reflects a lot of their traits, you know, that's probably a, a smart, uh, a good person to, to bet on. But if you then hear some of those founders of other projects or some of those founders of NFT projects and you hear them talk and you can sense that they have not a single trait of those, those people, then, you know, that might be something which you want to stay away from. And at the end, you know, after a while, you're going to do that on a subconscious level. And it's also going to help with you choosing your, uh, you know, significant order. There's a, we currently run the shark test on Twitter, and it's a, a mixture of 20% uh, of questions which I made up, and 80% is made up of two psychological tests, which have uh, a lot of significant scientific appliance, which are very well known and very well accepted in the um, realms of psychology. And we will also soon open up the section in our academy around psychology, and it's going to allow you to spot negative traits in people within seconds, which also, again, means the likelihood of you getting ripped off ever in the real world or in the crypto space is going to go close to zero. And to me, that's, that's very rewarding because I don't want to see people losing money in other projects. I have shared the link for the shark test in the AMA chat, um, and I encourage everyone to take it. Because first, there's potential for winning a one-on-one NFT that's a shark or whale NFT. And the floor for a shark NFT is 15 E's, I believe. Seven and a half E's for a whale NFT. Plus, you get to see how you'll perform. And this is something that you can compare yourself when you first join VVV now, if you're interested, and how you're going to be faring in the future, where you can take the test again and see how you progressed, how your personality changed. and I look forward to the test results. It's it, it's been, it's been an amazing one. Um, just a disclaimer, disclaimer. Some of the questions you might find um, controversial or triggering. It the, the test is designed on purpose to do that. So I encourage everyone to take it with an open mind. Yeah, and it's just a multiple choice test. So there's there's not not real effort which you have to put in. It's like uh, just a couple of clicks to go through all the questions. And it's, you know, it's super easy to do. There, there might be somewhere you might have to think longer about, 
um, but it's not a, a difficult test, so to speak. Okay. I mean, I honestly have no, I, I don't know what else to ask you guys. I've been thorough enough. And you've spoken a lot more than I expected as well. So it, you gave us a full, full, full rundown. Is there more questions? I know that CD wanted. I'm, I'm kind of CD keeps his hand up. <laughs> Just so you know, I left the MAA. I left the MAA like I had to leave my house, and I went to like with my Apple with the AirPods because I had to pick dinner before it closed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you Jay, guys just... long day. Um, appreciate you being here, especially like... uh, my days been. Yeah, days. I know you had a long day, so it's not over. It's fine. I, I got my dinner. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, th- you know, I want to thank you guys, uh, you know, JX, for making the connections to this community and for Jay to providing us with this platform. We um, really you know, appreciate I, I really... it. No, We're I mean, bringing, you know, it's the, the, you the least which we can do. The least which we can do. You know, it, it's. To you know, to me, it's still amazing to see people actually sitting and listening to me. You know, I, I didn't uh, start VVV with a, uh, an urge to talk to many people. You know, I, I'm much rather antisocial and prefer to be on my own. Um, but I've also learned that if you're passionate about something, then you can pretty much talk about it forever and with infinite energy. And I really hope that with VVV, we provide you with enough context and also with enough money for you to find what you are passionate about to, you know, then share that same energy and enthusiasm for whatever you want to pursue. And, you know, I, I spend a, a big chunk of my life lacking that, uh, you know, being apathetic and not knowing what to do. And it's, it's truly, truly amazing to, to be in a position where I'm surrounded by passionate people. They are passionate about what we do. They believe in what we do. And they have utmost conviction in that we will be successful. And I'm happy to prove that every single day. I'm happy to provide all those results every single day. And uh, rest assured, um, you know, if any of you decide to join our community, there's going to be a lot of value, a lot of tangible value, but also a lot of value um, you know, for your mental well-being, for your mental development. And, you know, I think overall we have something really special and something just like, you know, and I don't want to be overly esoteric, but, you know, eventually something is really going to be beneficial to humanity. There's a, there's, you know, it doesn't stop with the blockchain fund. You know, the, the, the next milestone of a $100 million to $300 million fund, that, that's just one single step towards the overall very, very big vision. And I'm, you know, very much looking forward to changing the educational system forever to providing an actual alternative to the rigged system which we have now. I'm, I'm looking forward to change how society is structured to, first of all, create a new society, which we are currently already in the, in the progress on, where, you know, it's an online society, right? We, every single Discord server, more or less, it's its own, its own society, its own ecosystem. And why not eventually take that, obviously, on a, on a very long time scale um, from the online space into the real world? and actually create a state or a country which is actually enjoyable living in and not something which is completely degenerate and completely losing all of its traditional values and completely drowning in poverty and you know crime and chaos so you mentioned that you had a successful business someone's asking in what field it was 
so it was an e-commerce agency and I was um, pretty much running Amazon accounts for my clients. And one of my uh, biggest clients, uh, and I, I, one of my employees still manages that account, but one of my biggest clients was the Udi, which is like a huge $100 million brand for uh, funny looking uh, hoodies out of Australia. But they, I mean, they, they just print money. And I was pretty much managing their accounts, their ads, did the copy, copywriting for them. And, uh, you know, after a while, actually ended up running a, a big chunk of their business. Appreciate that. I mean, I think we're going to close it now. It's been two hours. Yes. <laughs> okay, Jay, I, I know you have to eat. We don't want you to uh, eat. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just because I really, I need a little break. Like it's been, I've been, it's what, 9 p.m. I've been on VC since 2 p.m. Nonstop. I had 20 oh, yeah, minutes yeah. break. Uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm fried at the moment. <laughs> Even more so, Jay. Thank you very much for for your time and for being a good host. No, you not know, at all. Not at job. all. You guys, you guys really bring um, something exciting and different to the table, and that's always. And I mean, you're also providing everyone in the community with that whitelist opportunity. We didn't even ask for anything, so. Um, yeah, I mean, just... that, you know, that's that's pretty obvious, and you know, we also want to be transparent, right? The whitelist, you know, I don't the, the entire dynamic in the space, and I don't want to start another rant, but you know, a whitelist spot means. You know, more or less, I allow you to give me money, right? So it's not like we've been, just... we've been preaching that for months. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, no, the project needs to sell out. Them giving you whitelist, it's not that big a deal. Just, exactly. just make sure exactly. to research and actually like the project that you're minting and not just hunt for hunt. I agree a thousand percent. So no, no one here listening has any obligation to me. You know, my, to be honest, my, my motivation to come to this event uh, is to, you know, find one good new community member. That, that's really what motivates me. If I can find one good person, and I know every single member in our community by name, right? You know, uh, I spend so much time in our server, I know every, everyone. So, you know, just finding one new good person, to me, that's, that's a success already. Appreciate that. And with that, I think I'm going to close this, unless you guys want to add anything else. Uh, I mean, CD, if you have the question, you can ping me in general chat or anywhere you can ask it. And if anyone has any questions, I encourage everyone to join the Discord. Um, everyone there is helpful. I'm around in, in the Nox Discord, so you can ask me anytime. Send me a friend request if you have anything you want to talk about. Um, and thanks a lot for Jay and Exo for joining us for this. Um, I think it's been an amazing AMA. I hope you guys had value from it. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This recording has been prepared and made available by VVV. It is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation to sell, buy or subscribe to any financial instruments or products. VVV does not express any opinion as to the present or future price of any instrument mentioned in this recording. The information provided in this recording is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published but VVV, along with its directors, officers and employees, does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of this information as it may change in the future without notice. Any decision made by a party after listening to this recording shall be on the basis of its own research and not based on the information and opinions provided by VVV.